hello, internet friends near and far. Welcome to another episode of Parks and Conversation. And this is a podcast where we talk about an episode of Parks and Recreation. And then we... That's it, really. I mean, that's the whole thing. So I'm Jason, and I'm joined by my friend uh, Jeremy. Say hello, Jeremy. Hey, how is it going? Good. I kind of ran out of steam there. Uh, yeah, you got you. You pulled a Michael Scott. You just started. A, <laughs> you started a sentence with no no real end end game there in mind. No, I was just kind of hoping that it would uh, land somehow. And you know, <laughs> and here any we are. Landing you can walk away from is a good landing. I learned that from Launchpad McQuack on Ducktales. Woohoo! Yeah, um, listener, I need to ask your forgiveness and your grace. Um, my neighbor who. I have not seen really regularly for uh, four years because uh, he lives someplace else, but he still owns this house. He has decided that he wants to come and do yard work uh, with a, a, a wood chipper. Mm. And, uh, and so he will be in his yard. Uh, so if you hear some of that, um, sorry about that. But also my dogs, they might bark. So please, please forgive us. And also, Jeremy, would you please extend your grace from way over here i will okay cool you're good you're you're good all right um well you know let's talk about parks and conversation Mm -hmm. and we are in season six and we are in a mystery zone of numbering um because the first episode that we covered in this season was a longer episode and it gets divided up into parts one and two uh, if it were in some kind of syndication situation. And so this episode is technically the second episode of the season, but it's also the third episode of the season. Mm-hmm. So what are we going to do? Yeah, it's the second episode of our season. Second episode of our season, but it's like really the third, third episode. Episode, yeah. episode. On IMDb, it, yeah, season six, episode three. The, the IMDb Pawnee is Eagles doing that? Tip-off classic, yep. Perfect. Then we'll go with IMDb. They're never wrong about anything. Okay. They're so we're just going to skip. So, so for us, episode two is just gone. It just doesn't exist. Yeah. And people will wonder like, Hey, whatever happened to episode two? And then people will say to those people, why are you talking to me? This is a Wendy's. Um, so maybe, maybe, maybe not. Yeah. Get a frosty for me. Oh my goodness. Those Did you try so the good. strawberry frosty when it was no, out? Never. A frosty is only chocolate. It was it was really good. Okay, well that's that's a strawberry milkshake with a spoon. A frosty is only chocolate. <laughs> okay. How about the None how about this. the vanilla frosty? Uh, uh, see previous comments. <laughs> <laughs> see above. Uh, French fries in the frosty. Yes, for it. Absolutely. For dipping, I mean, not like yeah. not like blended in. That'd be the the chocolate. Ridiculous. Yeah, a chocolate frosty, which I mean, I mean, just a frosty with a French fry, delicious. The okay. first place I learned about this trick was actually not Wendy's. It was my uh, junior high. They served milkshakes in junior high. <laughs> the junior high wow. I went to. Yeah, I grew go, up in go America, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they would. Was, Kirk, the was Kirkland fifth in obesity? <laughs> yes, fourth in friendship. Um, but uh, we uh, they, they had chocolate milkshakes and French fries there, and my friend Dan would do that at lunch. And I was like, "What do? You, where did you learn this?" He said, "My brother did it." And I was like, "Where did he learn it?" 
Wendy. I was like, is Wendy his girlfriend? He's like, no, down the street, dummy. Oh yeah, that Wendy's. So yeah, it's a good, it's a good move. It's a classic. It's a classic. It's right up, right up there with uh, the red vine and the Dr. Pepper. Right. Yeah. The perfect straw until it gets too soggy and then the bottom melts into the Dr. Pepper and then it falls in and you're like, do I drink the rest of this now? <laughs> yeah. And then you do that move where you're just trying to like fish it out, like upside down and then yeah. that, that little bit oh. drips. Yeah. It's part, it's It's all part of the experience. And then you cut your tongue. <laughs> wow. You're really can. going for it. I, I mean, yeah. Throw some peanut butter in there. It'd be like a dog. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. I, I gotta get this. So, um, yeah. All right. Well, Jeremy, today we're talking about season six, episode three, the Pawnee Eagleton classic tip off classic, whichever. These are small towns in Indiana. Basketball is the greatest thing that's ever happened to small towns in Indiana. And these two small towns, they hate each other. So this is a great rivalry that goes back generations. And, uh, Jeremy, you're, you're from a small town. I, I am not. I lived in a small town for three full years, and yet everyone assumes that's where I came from. I, yeah, you, you've got small town stink on you. No. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Uh, uh, but you played basketball. I, I, can, I can hear the lambs. Uh, yeah, I did. I, I, I played basketball, and uh, yeah, it was a big deal. Not as big as football. I would say Washington is much more of a, a football state. Um, basketball is a big deal, but, um, football is, I think still bigger, especially yeah. in the small, the small towns football okay. kind of reigns supreme down around here. All right. Well, uh, so when did in your, in the small town you grew up in, um, mm-hmm. yeah, in, in the mighty, have... in the mighty small town of Tacoma, <laughs> I mean, that's just, that's just, it's a suburb of uh, on Alaska, suburb, a suburb of greater Linwood. <laughs> Um, uh-huh, uh-huh. did you guys, uh, have a rival in, on Alaska? No, we were too bad to have rivals. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, we weren't, we were not, at least when I was there for the three years that I, I lived there, uh, just to remind everyone. Um, yeah, we didn't, we didn't really have a rivalry. I don't, I don't we were just too bad. It just didn't matter. How about, did Kirkland have rivals? The, well, the, the purple kangaroos? Yeah. Purple and white fight, fight, fight. Like Washington High School, uh, Purple Kangaroos, our crosstown oh, like, rival was the Juanita Rebels. Oh. And uh, yeah, so we hated them. Hated them. Uh, just recently, the Rebels changed their name. Uh, and I don't remember what it is, but I'm going to look it up. Because uh, I don't know if you know this, but Juanita was not a part of the Southern uh, uh, battles. Um, you know, they didn't have a great stake in the northern war of aggression um Mm. and so calling their school the rebels in 2022 was probably not the most uh helpful thing for them so uh yeah the bellevue reporter winita high school rebels mascot finally defeated just tell me what it is i don't uh the internet just tell me the new thing. There's a bird in one of these pictures. Um, Maybe they're, oh, they're the Ravens. Are they? I don't know. I'm just going to say that because I saw a picture of it on the internet. Welcome yeah. to Parks and Recreation where we search the internet for high school mascots. Yeah. Well, it's important. Um, and so, yeah, so they changed their name and. Uh, You're going for it. I'm really trying to read this article. It's a Raven. It it's a Raven. Yeah, there it is. Okay. 
I don't know why the Bellevue Reporter is not. I mean, this is as bad as the Pawnee Sun. Um, yeah. So we would do, uh, we would have this kind of rivalry with them, but we were all very bad at sports too. I mean, the really <laughs> good team in our region uh, when I was in high school, uh, Redmond and Inglemore, those were the good teams. Um, but yeah. Anyway, so here they're going to uh, have this basketball thing, and and our there's a few plot lines that we can follow. Um, the main thing is with this town rivalry kicking off between Pawnee and Eagleton, going deeper into Eagleton's mm-hmm. financial woes. The other plot line, another plot line, is Ron trying to get off the grid, and then the third plot line is April and Anne going to Bloomington to uh, investigate a. Um, a veterinary school that April was accepted to. Uh, and so whether or not April wants to go, there's a whole orientation and a whole thing. Um, and so they, each plot line is fairly independent of one another. So uh, what do you think? We just kind of hit the smaller ones and then come back to the main one. That's a great idea. All right. Well, then I'm going to let it leave it up to you. Which one do you want to talk about first? Do you want to talk about Ron getting off the grid or April and oh, Anne going to Bloomington? Oh. I'm going to go, I'm going to go with my gut and, uh, yeah, I'm going to say, let's, let's, uh, go with Anne and April. Okay, perfect. They're going to go to Bloomington to investigate (laughs) a, uh, veterinary school that Anne helped April get into. Um, and so Anne is going along with April on this orientation. Um, and you can tell right away that it's going to go great because, uh, when they are getting in the car and Anne is driving, April asks Anne, are you going to sit there? <laughs> uh, and uh, uh, yeah, so April's really into this. Um, and so she's like, you can sit in the trunk. Um, and yeah, so Anne is like, is talks about how she's going to go, but also because she's happy to go to Bloomington because they have a baby store. Um, where she's going to pick up an organic baby blanket. Uh, Bloomington just sounds like like a baby store. It does. Now that you mention it, Bloomington. Yeah, I could totally see. Like, I could see like, like maybe it's, maybe it's the Bloomingdale's kind of tie. It just sounds probably. like Bloomington. Yeah, probably. Probably. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Anyway. So uh, Anne is excited to this go to this place because, as she says, uh, Pawnee's only baby store is attached to a chemical refinery. <laughs> so it's probably not good for little, little ones. And so, uh, she's got a road trip mix, everything. A lot of Tori Amos. Uh, Jeremy, what's your favorite Tori Amos song? Oh man. Uh, it's just so hard to choose. You know, yeah. I just, yeah. I kind of celebrate the whole catalog. Good. How, how, good, about, good. how about you? Uh, well, when I think about Tori Amos, the cool thing about Tori Amos is she was born in uh, 1963 on August 22nd. She's uh-huh. five uh-huh. two, so she's not very tall. Wow. And I'm gonna go with the first song that comes to mind. It's called "Cornflake Girl" because it's the first song on this list when I looked her up. <laughs> so uh, I don't know any of her songs. <laughs> I don't know if you could tell. Um, but she. The other cool thing about her is she's married to Mark Hawley. And, uh, oh, yeah. And her genres of music are electronic dance music and pop. So that's cool. 
Um, yeah, so they're going to listen to Tori Amos. I don't, it doesn't sound like a good time for me. They get to Bloomington, and we are we are relieved of not having to listen to any Tori Amos on this whole road trip. So that worked out for everybody. Uh, and as they are getting started, uh, Anne asks her, "Do you need? Do you have everything you need for this orientation?" And all the things April packed are super important for orientation materials. She has an empty Sprite can, an old man's fingernail, and a picture of Patrick Ewing on a roller coaster. <laughs> so she's good to go. As now, you should. Listener, if you are not old. Oh, something's happening. Is that me? That's you. That's me. This cornflake girl. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was freaking out here because I was like, where's the sound coming from? Um, all right. Yeah, Tori Amos. Yeah. I, I don't I can't I can't play too much else. We gotta pay for it. Yeah, I don't like that. Um I don't like that music at all. The uh I was what I was gonna say before Tori Amos butted into our podcast is Patrick Ewing was a basketball player for the New York Knickerbockers. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, he is a very tall person. Uh, and, and whoa, you all right? Yeah, I'm, I'm okay. I was just kind of trying to put Tori Amos away. Okay. All right. Um, and so, uh, Jeremy, you're also a tall person. Yeah. When you, when you think about roller coasters, does that sound like something that you would, would enjoy because of your height or something reminds, that you would not enjoy? The first thing that height? comes to mind is, is yeah, decapitation for sure. Any, any tunnels, um, low hanging crossbars, things like that. I don't, I, I just, I can't, it's too, too close. Okay. How about so, you? I'm not, not a big roller coaster fan. I love roller coasters. Uh, but I also like, will look at the track before I get on board. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll look and see, like, how nervous am I going to be? Now, I'm not as tall as you. I mean, you're a giant. Um, and I'm a good, like, four inches shorter than you. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, like this idea of Patrick Ewing on a roller coaster. I was thinking, why would April want this? And um, part of it is because of the danger involved. Because April is obsessed with death. And, uh, and so I wonder if that's why she's like, man, might. Just thinking about him, this seven foot tall dude on a roller coaster, like he's in danger right now. Um, anyway, uh, that is uh, that is that. So Anne and April go to talk to Laura, who's the orientation person. Um, and uh, April uh, introduces herself as April Ludgate Kavorkian. Uh, so um that's going she's going to be really on board with everything that's happening uh and Anne leaves her there to go to the baby store and uh so we cut to the the moments pass by and Anne is at the baby store um and she points out that this place has everything video monitors lead free pacifiers um she found bibs that don't have Dale Earnhardt Jr's face on them and that's the first time she's ever seen that and the the worker is just amazed that this is her reality um, but then as she's uh, ringing up, she sees April walking by eating what looks like frozen yogurt. Uh, and so Anne runs out is like, why aren't you out there? And April's like, uh, I was there, but it was lame. So I left. Um, and then I kept walking and now I'm here. 
So um, humans, humans love frozen yogurt. Yeah. It's like something like ice cream, but just not as good. <laughs> uh, so we were watching that uh, as our family a few nights ago. And um, uh, Michael is sad at one point. And he, just, he got no flavor frozen yogurt. Yeah, no, no flavor. Because <laughs> that's all I deserve. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Which one of our characters is in? So let's keep going. Yeah, good place. Yeah. yeah. Um, so they Anne takes April back to orientation, um, but only if Anne will go along with the, uh, the game that April wants to play. And so she uh, has... And introduce herself as uh, April's 65 year old grandmother. Me, Ma. Yeah. So, uh, Anne says, like, it seems like a real hip kind of college town. And April calls, like, Me, Ma. Nobody uses the word hip anymore. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah. And so then she gets to talk to her about how old her grandmother is. And she asks, like, How are your local graveyards? I have some planning to do. <laughs> and uh april really sells it uh because she then like nods over and at Anne like this lady's gonna die soon <laughs> so i have some planning to do um then the uh, they continue the tour a little bit and um they're talking about the different trails um and and the blind trail is nice and april yells in Anne's ears. She said the blind is cool, Mima. Cool means good. <laughs> so uh, that sounds like a fun game for everybody. But here we learn that April doesn't want to go here uh, at all. She's not going to go to school here and she's ready to leave. And Anne's like, this it's got this place has got culture, tons of youngsters. And then Anne realizes maybe I am 65 years old. Um, and so yeah, so April doesn't want to go, and they start uh, driving back, and and it's like, what, uh, what happened there back there? And uh, April's like, what? When I stole your phone and texted every guy that told them that your baby was theirs, um, <laughs> it's like, no, uh, like it, it, it's like, not I that big about, a deal. Yeah, I care <laughs> about your future. I want you to. Uh, I wanted to help you with this. I want you to do this, and and so. Uh, why aren't you following through? And April um, is like, I was on the fence about whether or not I want to do it. And then I'm just following my gut to, and I don't want to do it. Um, and so Anne's like, well, how do you get your gut to talk to you? Um, and, uh, and Anne's like, April just says, you don't, you don't get it to talk to you. Just listen when it says something and you go with it. And that's, that's April's whole move um, is, you know, with her life is, whether or not to marry Andy, all these different decisions have been following her gut. Um, and I love in verse, uh, verse in uh, line, she has this line here. It says, you know, my gut was right about marrying Andy. It was right when it told me that you would be the worst person I ever met in my life. And I met Guy Fieri. So gross. <laughs> so Maybe, um, maybe that's where all the internet hate came from, from Guy Fieri. I know. And I don't know why. April Ludgate. <laughs> People have come back around on Guy Fieri now because he's like a, a like a legit like good boss and he cares about his people. Um and people are yeah. like, Yeah, Guy Fieri's pretty rad. So he's the mayor of Flavortown and he runs unopposed. So it's gotta be something good. <laughs> I guess. We, I mean, I'm still for term limits, but you know, 
<laughs> well, yeah, I mean, there's just good governance. Um, but uh, yeah, so he is, uh, yeah. So this gets Anne thinking about what does it mean to follow your gut? Uh, and she get, they get back to the office and um, the she's talking to Chris and Chris is like, hey, how was your trip? And Anne's like, well, they got all the stuff we needed. And they had a really cool town and she's listing all these great things about um, about Bloomington. And then she has what appears to be a feeling of some sort. And Chris is like, oh, are you having a contraction? Um, and it's like, no, I'm three months pregnant. But what if we raised our child somewhere other than Pawnee? Oh, man. What? So this creates. Um, a little foreshadowing for the future of Chris and Anne as we um, see their journey as people. So, yeah, so that's the the, the first line. And, um, yeah, that one really kind of felt like here's some people just doing some things. It wasn't yeah. super funny. It was more set up and also ending like her, like um, April's, April's kind of trajectory for, to be a vet. You know, right. and maybe with Andy out of the picture or something like that, they, you know, they go in a different direction for a while. And then also with um, Anne and Chris leaving the show eventually. Uh, yeah, just kind of setting that up now. So, mm -hmm. yeah, they don't want you to be surprised when Chris shows up on 911 Dallas or whatever he went to after this. Um, <laughs> the ice storm is coming. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Sorry, that was an actual preview for 911 Austin or, yeah, like you said. <laughs> I remember that preview because it was on like all the time during NFL games. <laughs> yeah, it was. And he just stands. He's like he's in a cabin somewhere out in the middle of, I don't know, Paris, Texas. And he opens the door and there's it's just winter hellscape. Yeah. Next. And, on, on. and, and the, the preview went on for multiple weeks. <laughs> yes. This is a weekly show, right? And I know it went on for multiple weeks because I watched many football games and this preview was still happening. I was like, what is what what is going on with this this program? But yeah, I didn't watch it. So uh, someone else is going to have to podcast that. Not it. Oh, dang it. I guess I'm going to have to. <laughs> I have to do that now. Got him. All right. So let's uh, let's follow the our, Ron. The Ron. Now. Yeah, I like All it. Right. Because this one's great. Uh, mm -hmm. Because Ron comes into the office in a huff, and he asks, "Who or what is Penny Saver?" <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you know, it is around our region. We would call it the little nickel. It's little that nickel. kind of a paper. It's just small little places where people can do ads, uh, classifieds, those kinds of things. Um, and Eagleton and is called the uh, the the medium doubloon. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, and so Tom says it's that says it's a, a circular with coupons and stuff. And Ron is is furious because it was sent to Ron Swanson at Diane's address where he's lived for less than a month. And uh, and so he's he recognizes this is a huge invasion of privacy that they know where I live, um, and points out that his family has had a single P.O. box for several generations, uh, and we only ever subscribed to two magazines, Reader's Digest and Ebony. 
Uh, and Ebony is a magazine with largely an African-American reader base. Um, and so Ron is like, it ended up for an interesting year of reading. <laughs> <laughs> um so uh i do love though that they didn't like stop it and they're like well it's coming to us and we're not going to pay the renewal but we'll read it (laughs) so you know um, that that would be that would be kind of a fun magazine subscription actually like if you like like, i mean there's a lot of magazines out there but what if you had a magazine subscription that just sent you a random magazine every month like a magazine like two or three of them i love magazines i don't get them anymore uh but they're great. They're, they're digestible. Magazines are so much fun, but like, if you just got a random one that you would never get, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I I might sign up for that. My, uh, my, my advisor for my, um, for school, he would travel all the time and he liked to create a randomization process in his life. So like going to the movies for years, he would just say, go to the movie theater and say, uh, uh, one ticket for the next movie. <laughs> so whatever is playing next, that's what he's watching. Um, and wow. so, yeah, so he would do that. Uh, and he saw a lot of movies, terrible movies multiple times because that's just how it happened. But when he went to the airport, he would go, uh, and grab a different magazine for every flight. Um, and, uh, and so it made it, it made it weird when he would have like, he's like, well, it's guns and ammo time. <laughs> <laughs> on the plane i don't know why they sell guns and ammo on air at airports like like this is just not a good look guys <laughs> so um yeah so sorry yeah, sir so, you you can't take that on the plane yeah you got to check your guns and ammo <laughs> you gotta check your guns and ammo magazine uh yeah but uh, jeremy uh, report back let us know how your uh how your uh randomization experiment happens and if you can find a well i'm not gonna I'm, yeah, I think I'm just going to go to like uh, dentists and doctors' offices and just steal a stack of magazines and see see what I get and read mm-hmm. them. That is and a definite then, definite good plan. And then return them because stealing is bad. Yeah, I agree. Okay, 100% agree. Stealing is bad. <laughs> so uh, Ron wants to stop this, and uh, and so Tom's like, "Oh, Donna's good at this. She got me off the Williams and Sonoma mailing list, but then I signed back up. I'm hooked on their oven mitts." I need my mitts on those mitts. Uh, so then uh, Ron's like, well, let me know when, when Donna returns. And so he, Tom looks up to see her Twitter feed. And she's also live streaming her walk back to the office from coffee. Um, and uh, and so they are all about the online life. Twitter, Ustream, Snapchat, it's all happening. And Ron is completely perplexed uh, by and all Donna, of this. And- I think Donna was using one of the eight uh, Windows phones ever created. Yes. Yes. They had at one point some kind of partnership with Windows phone. So, yeah, it's really, really great stuff. The Windows phone. Available at Goodwill's near you. <laughs> right next so, to the Zoom. Yeah. Yeah. I do love that in Guardians of the Galaxy 2, he's given a Zoom. <laughs> I love that. Uh, so good. Um, so the Ron is having a meeting with Donna and Tom saying, I got to get completely off the grid. And they're both like, why would you do that? I love the grid. <laughs> and, um, and Tom is like, if you off the grid, how are you going to post photos of the dope food at restaurants you're at? 
and all the cool places you're mm-hmm. stunting in. Um, and Ron is just like, asking the real eating. questions. Food is for eating. Places are for being. End of discussion. <laughs> um, and so they're like, no, nah, don't leave Ron. And he's like, if you get help me get off the grid, I'll let you go home early. <laughs> they immediately shift to no grid, no grid. So they're, they're, <laughs> They're in with with Ron getting off the grid. Um, And so they are going to do this project. Ron confronts his mailman and says, if you see any uh, catalog with my name on it, I want you to drive into the woods and bury it. And the mailman's just like, I don't decide who gets mail, sir. (laughs) (laughs) And Ron's like, just pass in the buck. (laughs) Um, Get out. (laughs) Yeah. So. They got rid of Ron's cell phone and his last credit cards, um, and they're going to cut up his parking garage access card. Um, and Ron's like, I'm just going to take the bus. I'm going to pay in cash. Um, and uh, and they're like, what, what else shows any record of me? Uh, and then Tom remembers, there's a photo of you at JJ's diner from when you ate all. And then Ron's just like, let's go. And so they run to JJ's diner and uh, cut to the diner. And Ron is explaining uh the situation he began eating eggs they were delicious so i ordered more before long i believe i had eaten and jj says 51 eggs in 20 minutes couldn't cook them fast enough (laughs) the last 10 were still in the shell uh so oh so gross um and uh yeah so this is a jj's diner record and they took his picture and ron's like i gotta have that picture back um and jay's like how would anybody know it's you and they go to the wall and it says uh, it's a picture of Ron, and it just says "man" underneath. <laughs> and I was like, "This is too much information." So he takes it, and then uh, and then he starts leaving. And Tom's like, "Where are you going to go?" He's like, "I've eaten a lot of food in a lot of restaurants. Why is everyone else now, so bad at eating?" <laughs> now, did you notice there's a lot of other records on that board? Like I most hamburgers eaten, most coffee, most coffee drank, uh, most hash browns. My my question is, if you were at a for a restaurant themed record, what would your rec what would you want your record to be? Like if you could go for a restaurant record, any any kind of food, any kind mm-hmm. of record, but you know. Yeah. Well, I've been thinking a lot about this, Jeremy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I think what I would do, I would want to go for a consistency. Like because I don't get bored of my favorite foods. So I could eat pizza and teriyaki every day. <laughs> yeah, agreed. I, I don't think I would ever get tired of it. And if I lived close enough to my favorite teriyaki place of all time, Yummy Teriyaki in Redmond, Washington, I think I would probably go there oh, like all the time. Um, and so I would want to set a uh, most consecutive days eating at this restaurant. Because then I could just keep building on that. You know? <laughs> Just never stop. Mm, yeah. And then when I die, they would say, we have to close. <laughs> this guy was keeping us open. This was my kid's college fund. And now now he's dead because he ate too much spicy chicken teriyaki. But that would probably be uh, what I was going to say. For. Side question. Yeah, that was, that was that's what you get. Spicy teriyaki. Oh, yeah. And I got food poisoning there one time and I went back like a week later. <laughs> Well, yeah, because you're immune at that point. Like, yeah, like, nothing can hurt. Can't. I survived your food. What are you going to do? <laughs> it only made me stronger. Yeah. Oh, double the portion, please. Yeah. Yeah, it's like when, was... when Jack in the Box had the E. coli scare in the 90s. It was like, oh, that, it was the safest place to eat after that. Oh, yeah, for sure. 
Yeah. Because <laughs> I mean, they the, their quality assurance at that point was through the roof. So right. why we not eat a Jack in the Box? You order it. I mean, that was their whole thing. <laughs> like that it sounds was. like a good yeah. plan. I'm going to order some now. <laughs> so there was, used to be a Jack in the Box down the street from our house. And uh, it, that was a dangerous situation um, because Jack in the Box is awesome. Um, and uh, but it's also a dangerous situation because an old lady drove into the building one time and <laughs> uh, and then it closed. And the that place is still a restaurant, but for like 15 years. But now it's a drive through. <laughs> no, no, it does not have a drive through at all. It's an it's an Indian restaurant now. But for 15 years. It was constantly turning over to different owners and different styles of food. Um, and they finally landed on Indian food. And it's been an Indian uh, food restaurant for about 10 years now. Um, but it was crazy to just see like all the things happening in the little jack in the box that couldn't. Um, so, <laughs> Like those old taco time restaurants that it seemed to be like every single thing. Like you're like, mm -hmm. oh, I recognize that. That's a taco time or a pizza hut. Like that's, that's an old, that's an old pizza hut. Oh man. I miss pizza hut. Like going in and eating inside a pizza hut. That was the yeah. best. The red yep. Coke cup. Mm -hmm. Those pizza commercials with Daryl from the office. Those nail it. Yeah. Like he's turned his basement into an old pizza hut. It's like, yes, that was everybody's <laughs> dream. <laughs> that was awesome. I just want that dessert pizza. Or is that Godfather's? That was Godfather's. Yeah. I'll, I'll forgive you though. Good times. That was so good. I'm I'm pretty sure I can trace all of my weight problems back to the <laughs> the summertime uh, walking to Godfather's from my house in Totem for walking to Totem Lake from my house, my parents' house, to get the lunch buffet and knowing that lunch buffet was really just an entree into all you can eat dessert pizza. <laughs> and I pushed the limit on that all you can eat. So hey, it's a challenge. It's a challenge. So uh, yeah. What about you? We were talking about my favorite food. Uh, like what record? Would I oh, want? What would you uh, go with? Most, most uh, tiny creamers drank probably. Oh, just seems like a easy one to go for. Oh, that, I don't like that. I don't like that at no. all. I mean, it's, it's not real dairy, so don't, it's okay. Uh, that's not my problem. And you can just stack <laughs> them. Like you open them, you drink it, you stack it, stack, stack, stack. And you have this Are you tall... still doing this as an adult man? No, no, I was just saying like, that's what I would, I've never, I've never really ever done it, but I'm just saying like, that would be one. I don't think a lot of, like I, a lot of people do that, but it would be fun to try to, you know, to own the record of it. Cause I don't think a lot of people would go for it. You know what I mean? I do. Like it's I funny to drink. Exactly it's funny to drink mean. one and then, and then like, you know, Is hey. it? <laughs> <laughs> sure. Is it funny or sad? I, you know, are any food records not sad? I don't know. The guys at the, the pho place down the street from us, they have a giant bowl of pho that you can get on the pick the wall for. And like eat the whole thing in like 20 minutes or something. Um, right. The guy who did it looks pretty happy about it. <laughs> <laughs> I would be too. Oh, man. I would. Your eyeballs would be floating in sodium. Oh, so gross. <laughs> oh, so much. Oh, uh, the since we're at JJ still talking about food records. Yeah. You go to a breakfast place mm -hmm. like Denny's, <clears throat> your Sherry's, whatever, IHOP, right. and you get toast. Now, on the table, they have those little rectangles of jam or preserves. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? 
in they're in the little oh, yeah. cat the, the the jam caddy uh right <laughs> now i'm i'm positive i can't be the only one who would take as many as i could and put them in my pocket throughout the meal with my family growing up so that later i could eat jelly shots in the van right home am i the only one <laughs> well on this podcast you are because i had never considered that <laughs> they're free wow they're at the table i mean that like you're paying for yeah. the whole experience <laughs> no i i i get you i i'm just my whole thing was like can i use a whole can i use one of those those uh rectangles of jelly on one half of my toast like on one you know when you cut it a piece of yeah. bread in half. Yeah. I was like, on I would a triangle, get, right? A triangle. Yeah. One full jelly thing on a triangle. And I'd, I'd eat each of the jelly flavors. There was like orange marmalade, grape, like strawberry and like mixed berry. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. correct. <laughs> yeah. And you just uh, took them all. <laughs> I, I couldn't take them all. I mean, I was like eight years old. I didn't have that big of pockets. I don't want my parents to get suspicious. And then like in the back of the van, I'd, I'd like reach back behind to like pull the, <laughs> the recliner piece on the van, like all the way down to the bottom and like lean back and then just they'll never, just... they'll never see me. <laughs> I'm, I'm running, I'm running stealth mode right now. And, uh, I'm just eating, <laughs> eating jelly like a crazy person back there. So what's that slurping sound? <laughs> ah, I've got to blow my nose. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. Those are so good. Oh man. <laughs> wow. And I'm the weirdo for wanting to drink the, uh, <laughs> the creamer record. Wow. Yeah, somewhere someone taught me that I could do that. And I want to say <laughs> it was my brother, but I can't know I'm for sure. Yeah. So there's no way to know. Ask him. Nah. I, my, my brother and I re only really communicate in memes anymore. So, <laughs> uh, all right. So back to Ron. He has uh, uh, gone through and recovered all the public photos of him. His nameplate is removed from the office. He's taken the pediatrician files and destroyed those. Um, and, uh, and then Tom's like, Hey, great news. John Ralphio loves your shirt. And Ron's like, what are you talking about? I've been taking pictures of you and posting them to my Facebook, Ron Swan getting off the grid. And, and Ron's like, do you see what you've done here? <laughs> I do now. Yeah. And so Tom takes Ron's tablet and starts speaking to it, erase, erase. And then at one point, he takes his sleeve like he's wiping off a chalkboard. He's like, erase all the, like he's trying to like get it off. And then he speaks into it, erase all pictures of Ron. And then it repeats because he accidentally opened Vine, which I miss Vine. And uh, and it started looping. And Ron's like, what is happening? What is happening? Um, and that Tom's like, you just vined yourself, your first selfie, Ron. And now I'm vining you, vine your first selfie. Uh, and it's a doom loop of... Uh, of vining uh and so ron and ron is furious he leaves tom and donna start remixing it to also go along saying erase all pictures of ron as ron is saying that on the ipad it's a br brilliant moment so he's not doing well with his project um but he runs away the next time we see ron he is buying a recreational vehicle and he doesn't understand why when he if he wants to give a certain amount of gold in exchange for a vehicle this person won't get it. And the salesperson is like, I still need an address for insurance purposes. And Ron points at the thing. It's like, this will be my new home. The address is wherever it is parked. <laughs> <laughs> you can't, you, that, there's no fault in that logic. 
Yeah, it all makes sense. Yeah. It's all, all perfect. perfect. So, uh, so yeah. So Ron is there trying to do this, and Diane shows up and is like, "Where have you been? I've been trying. To, I've had a flat tire. I couldn't get a hold of you." And Ron is like, "I've been destroying most of my personal effects and threatening a postal worker." <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Diane's like, "Look, you." I know you value privacy, but you can't just disappear. You're a husband and a father, um, and we need to be able to find you. Um, and like, you know, you can try to get off the grid, but you need to be on our grid. Um, and so, uh, Diane and Ron have to come to some kind of a conclusion here. And so what they do is they get Ron a cell phone. Uh, and it's an old phone. Donna thinks, it's the original phone from Wall Street. Tom thinks it's the original phone, period. Um, <laughs> and it has buttons. It's gross. Uh, and so Diane and the girls are there and they say, look, girls, you and I are the only ones who have this number. If you need Ron for any reason, just call and he'll be there. And Ron's like, yep. And I'll keep the phone right here on a belt clip. <laughs> so classic dad move. Um, and uh, yeah, so he's going to be on the grid available for uh the the girls and for diane and that is it um and this gross belt clip repulses tom and donna and that's actually a win for ron <laughs> like less people in my life so uh yeah so he's pretty stoked about how things are shaping up for him so yeah that's probably the funniest part of this episode is Ron's story, I think. Yeah, I'd agree. The other one is an important moving of the plot line forward for Leslie's recall recall situation um, as she is trying to earn some points. And so the episode starts with Leslie trying to earn points by dissing on Eagleton. Um, and so they have some jokes uh, as they're doing this press conference for this high school basketball game. And you know it's important uh, because they have a press conference. And I don't know any press conference that has ever happened before a high school basketball game. Uh, so this is another one of the things that uh, pushes the credibility of the program. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So Leslie is, uh, they're going to have a, you know, the classic thing when like the two rival schools cross cross state colleges, you know, would do this like wager for who would win. Um, and so Leslie is going to a uh, wager with uh, Ingrid DeForest, who is a city councilor from Eagleton, um, played by um, play. Oh, what's her name? Kristen Bell. There it is. Anna. <laughs> Anna yes. Um, Chris, Kristen Bell is playing Ingrid DeForest. Um, and uh, Leslie is annoyed with her already because she won Miss Indiana beauty pageant last year while she was in office and pregnant. <laughs> so, um, and so the wager from Pawnee's side is if, if you w beat us, we'll give you this basket of apples from our Pawnee orchard. And Ingrid's like, ew, pesticide. <laughs> and I was like, nope, there isn't. It's pesticide free. I ate one for breakfast and I found a worm in it. So I bet you feel pretty <laughs> stupid right now. <laughs> Uh, and then Ingrid is says, well, if uh, I think we were had the similar idea, because if you win, we'll give you this basket of oranges. Of course, it's silly to compare apples and oranges because these are Swar Swarovski crystal and they're worth seven hundred thousand dollars. So 
that's a pretty big deal. Um, so then a, a reporter asks like, Hey, you're down 15 points in the latest poll for recall election. What can you do to make up the deficit? And, uh, and she, then Leslie starts in on the jokes, making fun of Eagletonians. Uh, first is I'd pop a Xanax and ask my Butler to help me out. I'm not saying that Eagletonians are out of touch, but you tell them it's time for change their oil. They ask extra virgin or white truffle and everybody's dying. Oh. And this is the funniest thing in the world. And, uh, and then he's like, I'll, she's like, thanks guys. I'll see you at the game. Unless of course you're an Eagletonian and then you'll be too busy polishing your monocle at the caviar store. Nope. Out. <laughs> drop the mic. And she leaves high fives, Ben on the way. So, um, so this is a classic, classic dig at rich people, polishing monocles at caviar store. Um, don't you have a monopoly game to be in? (laughs) So, uh, cut to, uh, Ben and, and Leslie hanging out and, or, and coming to go see Chris and Chris quickly throws, uh, something at Ben and Ben is like, Oh man, it's hello, Dr. Buttons. <laughs> I mean, my old calculator, <laughs> it doesn't have a name. <laughs> and, uh, and so I was like, why did you throw this to me? And, uh, Chris is like, our old boss wants us to help sort out a budget problem in Eagleton. Um, and, uh, and so Chris is like, are you in? And Ben is like, Butch, Countsity and the Sumdance Kid together again. Oh, my word. <laughs> they do like the nerdiest handshake thing ever, uh, which ends with them putting glasses on and going, hmm. <laughs> so, because they're auditing bros. And, uh, and Leslie wants to get in on this because she wants to be able to uh, rub it in uh, on Eagletonians. Um, and, uh, and so uh, she's working on some more jokes too. Uh, a Jeff Foxworthy style thing. And so, uh, Jeremy, could you do uh, your best Jeff Foxworthy delivery of Leslie's joke? Do you want me to be Jeff Foxworthy or no, Leslie? No, to, being Jeff Foxworthy. I want you to do your best way effort of being oh my Jeff gosh. Foxworthy. I have not. Okay. All right. Uh, if you make an omelet out of Fabergé eggs, you just might be an Eagletonian. An Eagletonian. Yes, excellent. Good job. That was wonderful. I loved that. That was so good. Uh, oh, thanks. So, so um, from all my, all my, that's from growing up in Alaska. Yeah, yeah. I have a, you might be a redneck joke that uh-huh. I, I don't know how to get it to Jeff Foxworthy. So I'm going to just say it here. Okay, he'll, he'll all get right. it. I think so. Uh, if you come out of the bathroom with a snack... You might be a redneck. <laughs> like it's one thing to go into the bathroom with a sandwich. It's another thing to come out of the bathroom with that same sandwich. Anyway. So same, who, who said who who said it's the same one? Well, I'm hoping. I think it's I think it's even worse if you didn't go in with a snack. Oh my word. Well, yeah, I mean that's a problem in itself. But um bathroom I went to snacks. I went to a conference and uh John Ham, John Ham. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> Just that's one of the best SNL sketches of all time. <laughs> um, I went into a conference and it was a largely, it was full of men mainly because it was <clears throat> anyway. So the bath, the men's room was very busy and there was a wall of urinals. And I saw four men scrolling their phones while at the urinal. <laughs> My word. <laughs> I'm, I, I, I just knew at this point, we, our country has major problems. <laughs> you just give it a minute. Nothing crucial is going to happen 
while you are urinating. Anyway. <sighs> but maybe I'm just not that cool. Gotta check, uh, gotta, gotta check those fantasy scores, man. Yeah. Well, it was a Tuesday, so um <laughs> the busy football day. Uh conferences right. on a Tuesday? Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. I mean, church world's pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, so they're they're meeting with Ingrid DeForest and different folks from Pawnee. Um, and Leslie's We're really all trying to rep blonde. All of them. Did you notice all that? All of them. Yes. Yeah. They're very beautiful blonde people. Um, and uh and Leslie is like Pleasure to see you. Say cheese. She's taking a picture of them just because she really wants to like savor the moment. Um, and so Chris, like, can you give us a little bit uh, of information surrounding the deficits you're running this year? And Ingrid's like, we don't really talk about money. <laughs> we find that a little gauche. Gauche. <laughs> and Ben's like, well, this is a budget meeting. Um, so we need to talk about money. And Ingrid's just like, well, it's all in those boxes. If you want to look at how much money we've spent. Um, and which, uh, which are like Louis Vuitton style, like yes. trunks. Yes. And it's not, it, I mean, it's really her whole thing is look at how much money we've spent because it's not right. a budget. It's not look at our plan. It's like, no, we have, we have the receipts. We like spending money. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and so Ingrid's like, you can go ahead and look at it. Um, and we really appreciate your help. And then she tips Ben a uh, hundred euros, <laughs> which at the time <laughs> was a lot of money. Um, because the euro is stronger than the American dollar. And so as they're looking mm -hmm. through, um, and Ingrid and her team, they all leave. Uh, ben and Chris are looking through everything. Um, and uh, Ben is like, their debt to equity ratio is redonkulous. And Chris laughs because it reminds him of a ridiculous donkey. Um, and, uh, and so let's like, what does this mean for them? And Ben's like, they're on the brink of an, a financial disaster. Um, and let's like, that's the sexiest thing you've ever said to me. And so, um, and so she's like, Oh, also this is great for me because it can hand me the recall. Cause I saved Pawnee from bankruptcy. Now I can try to, uh, I can remind people of that as we watch our worst enemy collapse into bankruptcy. <laughs> so, um, and, uh, and so Ben is like, are you kind of a little overboard here? Um, and, uh, Leslie is just really high on this idea of watching them fail. Um, and uh, so she's like, let's pretend this box is the basket of apples I gave them. I bet them on the game. And I was like, I see where you're going. That's <laughs> like, ask me if I like apples. <laughs> and have you seen Goodwill Hunting, Jeremy? I, I actually haven't. What? Yeah. This I need to Goodwill do a double feature reference. with. No, all, all I know, I've, I've, I've seen the reference. I've heard the reference, uh, between I, it's like between this and avatar, like I, just, I need to have like a double feature. Oh, you never need to watch avatar. Yeah. That's what I felt. I still haven't seen avatar. Notebook for avatar. Um, yeah. So why the, papyrus? Uh, so this whole thing with, do you like apples? Ask me if I like apples. Do you mm -hmm. like apples? Uh, how about them apples? That's all from uh, Goodwill Hunting. So, oh yeah, um, yeah. All right. So Ingrid and her team come back, um, and uh, they were coming back from a bankruptcy brunch. Um, and Michael B Buble played, and he ran a little long. <laughs> Chris, like I love Michael Buble. Typical, typical Buble. Uh, and Ben points out the important thing. Uh, by asking, was a bankruptcy brunch the best idea? <laughs> like, let's not have brunch like animals. What? Um, 
And so they're going over their items uh, and uh, they filled the public pools with bottled water. Ingers like total body hydration. Um, they bought, they purchased HBO for the whole town. And Ben's like, you spent government money on a TV subscription. And Ingrid just looked at him. It's not TV. <laughs> it's not. Um, so, uh, so Leslie has put together a presentation for a financial recovery. Um, and the first slide is well, 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 <laughs> uh, cut back to the rest of it is, uh, you blew it super hard, complete buffoonery. It's hilarious. And you deserve it. Each one a and, different slide. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Ben's like, you need to cool it a little bit. Um, and Leslie is holding a grudge because Pawnee, Pawnee and Eagleton split over 200 years ago and the Eagletonians took all the wealth with them. And so Pawnee was on their own. Um, and so Leslie's going to skip ahead in the presentation. Um, and Ingrid is just like, do you have any plans that can actually help us? Because um, we are borrowed everything we can do. And Leslie's plan is to give them a bridge loan for $50,000, which is nothing for a city budget. 25% um, interest compounded monthly. Uh, and you need to release a statement that says that Pawnee rules and Eagleton drools. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So she's a, uh, you know, really helping here, Leslie. And Ingrid is hurt by this. She's like, you're just being nasty. We have a saying in Eagleton, you don't kick a dressage horse after it failed a pas de deux. <laughs> Which, I mean, mm -hmm. I've said that a hundred times, right, Jeremy? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll always. I'm like, if there's one thing I know Jason for, it's his love of dressage. Dressage. Yeah. I love dancing I love horses, dancing horses. Um, and having failed many a pas de deux myself, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, I know. I mean, you definitely don't want to kick a horse. <laughs> so. No, I'm just glad you went to that camp to try to get over your pas de deux, uh, you know, nerves. Yeah. Well, thank you. It was hard. Um, but you know, I want to be a champion of dressage. Mm -hmm. So you'll make it, you'll get there. Next step is getting a horse. <laughs> So. Yeah, all of that, all of that ghost uh, horsing, that ghost yeah. uh, dressaging, that's, you know, <laughs> yeah. awkward. They're like, you can't enter this competition if you don't have a horse. And I said, did you tell Amelia Earhart she can't fly around the world if she doesn't? And it was she died. That's a bad example. So I stopped. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. So anyway, so they uh, Ingrid and her team, they all leave. And uh, uh, Chris then realizes that they have Michael Buble on retainer. So he's just a paid employee, essentially, of, of Eagleton. So that's cool. Um, so then uh, Leslie comes into Ben and Chris's office with a shirt cannon and shoots a shirt at him, at Ben, is like, think fast. And he's like, why is everything I'm ready to catch things? And he unfolds the shirt and says, Eagleton, no money, mo problems. And Leslie is stoked about it because she's going to give them to everybody to wear at the game. Um, and... Uh, and then this is when Leslie realizes that they are helping the Eagletonians right now. And Ben's like, we need to help. Um, and so we're giving him a little financial advice. And Leslie feels completely betrayed here. Um, and uh, so Leslie's mad. And Ingrid just looks at her like, I just want to borrow your husband for an hour. <laughs> this evening uh <laughs> which is not great um does not go over well um but yeah so she's ben is ben is going to help because that's what good neighbors do and leslie is furious so they're at the game everybody's wearing the 
no money, no problem shirt, except for Ben. Um, and, uh, and Leslie is upset because, you know, Eagleton wouldn't do this if they were in the same situation. And she points out with the game, they're 50 points ahead and they're still dunking. And then she says, look at this guy. There's no ways in high school. And that's true because that's Eric Bosch, NBA player. Chris, Chris, Chris Bosch. Bosch. Uh, sorry, the name on my next line says Eric. Chris Bosch, NBA player. Oh. Uh, and he dunks on this kid. And he's like, and I'm better at French horn too, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, pretty great. Pretty great. Um, but uh, Ben is like, is very practical. Like people are going to lose their jobs. The recovery is going to take years. And deep down, I bet you feel bad for them. And Les is like, yeah, but uh, everything that's happening right now, I just need to know that you're on my team and seeing you helping them. I didn't feel like we were on the same team. And I was like, we're always on the same team. You never have to worry about that. And uh, and then they're watching the game and an Eagletonian player falls and two Pawnee players help him off the court. And Leslie says, I'm going to say something. And if I throw up on you after I say it, just know that you've been warned. I know how we can help Eagleton. So they have a, another press conference. Um, and this time Leslie is going to present the, the plan. Uh, and if the situation is Pon Eagleton will be dissolved and reabsorbed into Pawnee. And Pawnee will provide government services as well as taking on some of Eagleton's debts. And, um, and Leslie says, I hate Eagletonians as much as you do. I hate their stupid, beautiful faces and their stupid, shiny hair. Um, and uh, and Chris cuts in like we looked at every alternative. This is the only thing that prevents Eagleton's financial crisis from spiraling throughout the region. And this is all true. Like one town tanking is going to hurt everybody. So somebody has to step in and say, we're going to do something. Um, and this turns into a Pawnee town hall, essentially. Uh, and Chance says, Eagleton is terrible. Why should I bail them out with the hard earned money from my unemployment check? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, America. Uh, so, um, and Leslie points out, like they sprained their ankle. We need to help them off the court. Um, and uh, <laughs> and the guy and the guy who just said the unemployment check thing was like, oh, she got me there. Like, yeah, yeah. that analogy every time, every time. Um, and uh, so uh, then people start yelling, and uh, and Leslie's like, I need one at a time, and Mel who yells at everything is like, I hate the one at a time system. Which made, that was probably my favorite part of this whole episode. That, that's a very I funny hate joke. The one at a time system. Um, so, uh, and you know, uh, another person's like, you can't just merge two towns. It's against the rules of nature. What's next? Merging a man with his dog. And then the Eagletonian stands up. It's like, I live in Eagleton. And frankly, I don't like the idea because they're a little, Oh, what's the word? Have no money. <laughs> <laughs> Bertram and yeah Ingrid speaks up it's like look we have no money they're helping us out and we need to be grateful for their generosity um, they're a town of angels greasy denim clad angels but angels <laughs> nonetheless and there's a mixture of responses there from the, the Pawnee side like well mm, and Leslie's like we'll take it <laughs> it's a compliment uh, so the uh, the plan is moving forward um, and Ingrid thanks Leslie. They're in their, her debt. Um, and uh, uh, Leslie's like, well, it's something that we have to do. Uh, and Ingrid's like, well, on the bright side, we didn't win the basketball. So you owe some apples. Um, and Leslie's like, oh, you don't want to eat those. They've all been recalled, recalled for G. coli. 
<laughs> and, and she means like equalize is like i wish way easier to treat <laughs> welcome to bonnie g coli <laughs> right over f coli yeah so which is funny because earlier we were talking about jack in the box which had the e coli scare uh now it comes back Time, all back around times a flat circle Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, what'd mm-hmm, you think mm-hmm. what'd you think what'd you think of uh, pawnee eagleton tip-off classic i really i really enjoy the ron storyline in this one i yeah. would i would love i would i mean i i ask this in a careful way knowing it probably wouldn't be that good but i would really like a ron series like just ron mm. ron ended up yeah but um i probably would hate it after a little while so yeah but I like that one. Yeah, the, you, need, you need what? No, I was just going to say, yeah, you just need, you need a, a bunch of characters to kind of water down the Ronness. But yeah, right. I think Ron, well, and they tried to do that later. I mean, we can talk about that later. And I, I would have watched it because that was, that was, that was a good, you know what I'm talking about? The spinoff yeah. that they're planning on doing. Um, later on, Ron gets the job. Do, do, do you mm-hmm. just want to say it? I don't want to spoil yeah, it. The director of the national park. Yeah. So the idea was with that crew of people, like the Rangers, that he that was supposed to be a spinoff. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I, I did not know that. Yeah, it never took off. Well, that's probably best. Yeah. Kind of like the office and Dwight's Dwight's farm, Shroot Farms. Yeah. That would have been really something. Because just the Shroot family had a wide range of people. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't necessarily about Dwight. It was about his family. Right. And Tom, they set it up. I mean, they brought in Thomas Middleditch, and I'm, I'm trying to remember who his sister was. Anyway. Yeah. But we can't have nice things. No. Uh, so, no. Yeah. yeah. So the, yeah, what did you think about this episode there, Jeremy? Yeah. Yeah, it was good. Like you said, it was, felt like a just a bridge episode again. I mean, there was there was a couple funny jokes in it, but I, I feel like the whole Eagleton thing, I mean, for as much as Pawnee hates Eagleton, there wasn't, I mean, they fight so many things in Eagleton to just accept to take them and their debt on seemed like a pretty quick turnaround, but it does set up a little bit of an arc for the next several episodes, which is fine. Um, so yes. yeah. And a pending betrayal. It, yeah. Dun, dun, dun. And it kind of set up something later with the whole grizzle thing and Ron, which, which fits his personality based on this too, with the drone and uh, it's great. Yeah. Yes. So Yeah. There, yeah, so there's some good things happening. Not the funniest episode, but still some good things. Any See, trivia that you found on the IMDb? Um, not not so much. I mean, Doppelgangers is the next one, which I think is pretty funny because we could introduce to some some pretty funny characters. Jennifer, Jennifer, uh, Craig. <laughs> I love Craig. Craig's great. I'm going to take yeah, a look- nap for a half an hour. No, forty five minutes. Uh, Donna, your name is perfect. My name is Craig. Uh, Craig. <laughs> I love that. All right. Uh, well, okay. Yeah. So next up, we have the doppelgangers, Ron and Ron. So good. My name is Ron Dunn. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's going to be so good. Yeah. So good. All right. Well, Jeremy, we should probably wrap it up here and let our listener get back to whatever they were doing. Okay. I'm going to play you out with some just some Tori Amos. I was silent all those years. I don't like this. (laughs) Well, till next week, my friend.
Christ in the kitchen. <laughs> Antichrist. <laughs> All right, that's perfect. Bye. Right. Bye. Bye.